match, man. You know the fuck that nigga. Play on me, man. <laughs> Alright, fuck it, let's get it. Yeah, sir. What's poppin' with y'all? Welcome back to another motherfucking episode of the Until Further Noise Podcast. I am the flyest, highest, coolest, smoothest host of them all. Oh, gee! Hatch, man, you know the fuck it is. Man, what's up with the people, man? How the fuck we doing, man? It's episode 54, bro. We go, we knocking these motherfucking episodes out fast as a motherfucker. <laughs> week by week, man. We slowly but surely getting on, on, onto that 100th episode, man. We on the grind and 100. The shit don't motherfucking me stop, man. I want to shout out to everybody that's been tapping and fucking with the kids since day motherfucking me once since episode one. Um, it's really humbling. It, it's really surprising to see. I got I only like using the word fan base, but it's really, it's always surprising to see. It's, it's a group of motherfuckers that's been fucking with the boy for over a year now. Week in and week out, you know what I'm saying? On a consistent basis, just fucking with me and, and, and taking part and, and tagging along on this journey on the grind of 100, man. Who... I can only imagine what the hundred episode gonna sound like and look like on this motherfucker, bro. We take, I'm telling you, this year, this motherfucking me year, we taking it up another notch, bro. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> I can feel this shit in my bones, guys. Like the grind right now, I'm too dedicated to it. Ain't nothing, in, ain't nothing else in the world that's more important than this podcast right now. I feel like within the first year of this podcast, when I was putting a lot of shit before this podcast, a lot of people before this podcast, I was putting a lot of people before myself last year. And that's it's nothing wrong with that, you know what I mean? It's always I I tell myself and I tell other motherfuckers it's every once in a while, bro. It feels good to put people before ahead of you. You know, I'm a nigga with no kids. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, I'm a bachelor. I'm a single man. So a lot of times, well, for the most part, I have the right to be selfish, and I love being selfish as fuck. <laughs> I'm a selfish motherfucker, <laughs> but it's like. Every once in a while, it feels good to put other motherfuckers ahead of you before you make sure other people are taken care of and things like that. Now, the moments you have kids and shit like that, that shit go out the motherfucking window. That's why, <laughs> that's why, my friend, <laughs> I've always taken precaution. <laughs> I love this selfish shit, man, real shit. But no, on, on a serious note, man, uh, to be completely honest with you, man, this year I just feel it, bro. The, the, the grind I got dedicated and, and, and the ideas I got for this podcast and, and the shit that I want to do this year, this upcoming year, within the next few months of this podcast for you guys, it's, it's, nothing, it's, nothing short, it's nothing short of hard work and dedication that needs to be applied to that. And that's what I'm, and that's what I'm willing to do for you guys, man, because I, I, I just love being able to come in here week in and week out. You know what I'm saying? And knowing when I put these motherfucking episodes out, it's motherfuckers waiting on this shit. When the episode don't come out, it's motherfuckers hitting me up talking about some, yo, wh where the shit at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where is the fix type shit? So it's like, I, I got to make sure week in and week out, I give y'all nothing but my best effort. You know what I'm saying? So that's what we go ahead and get into this week, man. Um, I ain't going to lie to y'all, though. I ain't going to fucking lie to y'all, though. I know we on the grind at 100. I know... You know what I'm saying? I always talk about the shit that's going on here in these motherfucking me streets, but I'm going to keep it a bean with you, fam. I don't think shit happened this past week. I'm going to be honest. I don't think shit really happened. I don't know if I've just been in my own little world. <laughs> I don't know if I've just been too focused on the motherfucking me grind, but I don't know. Ain't shit really happened this past week. Not compared to last not, not compared to last week's episode. I feel like I was just running running, uh, running away with time. I ain't have enough time to talk about all the shit that was going on last time. 
I it just I've been so blindsided about finding out that these white hoes really don't be washing their ass. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Like, I've always heard about it. I've always heard, you know what I'm saying, motherfuckers saying white chicks and 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 and, 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 and um you know European chicks don't be washing their ass. But it's like as a nigga that did you know that didn't bend down that that that, that side of the road before, I ain't necessarily believe it. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't fucking no dirty European hoes. But it's like I keep seeing all these videos of white women talking about they don't wash their ass every day. Like the shit is blowing my mind. <laughs> like this shit is crazy in the midst of a pandemic. Delta variant at all. When you start finding out that these hoes ain't washing their ass every day, well, they getting up debating if they should wash their pussy or not. That's some wild shit, fellas. We got to talk about this. This is what we got to put our foot down. <laughs> Like, fam, I'm not eating no more. I'm not eating. Look, I'm going to keep it a bit. I'm going to keep it a bit. I'm going to play this clip. because I, I, The clip is long. It's like four minutes. But it only takes 33 seconds. <laughs> it only takes 33 seconds when you realize that these hoes is trife. When I say these hoes is trife, man. Shout out to Daily. What is this? Daily Pop? Yeah, man. Shout out to the motherfucking me, Daily Pop. Listen to this bullshit, bro. These hoes is trife, dog. Look at this shit. Like, listen to this shit, bro. This this is the shit that we got to put up with. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, listen to this shit, bro. Your opinion on another big debate in Hollywood. It's very weird, but it's going around. Bathing. What is your thoughts on bathing? I know, this is a real... Yeah, shout out to Daily Pop. Shout out to World Star. Shout out to Daily Pop. Or do you shower only when you feel dirty? This is a real... I swear to God, this is a real thing. Well, I can shower every day. That okay, baby looks... What? What? Okay, so we gotta stop it. That baby looks just like Ice T, by the way. That's wild. <laughs> like, I'm not saying nothing wrong, but that baby looks just like Ice T, fam. Like, I'm, I'm gonna leave it at that. That baby looks just like Ice T. But it kind, it, it's kind of, it's kind of upsetting. <laughs> like, what the fuck is Coco talking about, fam? Like, I keep seeing videos like this. Is, why is this a debate? Why is motherfuckers not washing their ass proper, fam? Like what's what I I don't understand. Like what is she talking about? What is she talking about, y'all? What like we got we we have to stop. We have to stop acting like we have to stop acting like this isn't this isn't alarming. We gotta start acting like this shit ain't trifling. We gotta start calling motherfuckers out. When you start going through a COVID pandemic, it's a Delta variant out here. And we already knew, you know what I'm saying, motherfuckers wasn't washing their hands. We, we knew that. We knew niggas was nasty. We knew that. We knew that. But I don't know, man. I feel like motherfuckers is crossing the line when they talking about they not even just they not even washing their ass. She just said she goes every other three days, fam. It, I want every, I want all the friends of the show, and I, I mean, I don't even mean to start the podcast off with this bullshit. Trust me, <laughs> I really didn't. But I feel like, I, I, I feel like, as somebody who's, like I said, who's fucked 
thick white hoes who's fuck European women. I feel like I got to talk about this because I'm questioning every move I've ever made. <laughs> like I'm, 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 ever since I've come across these clips, these videos, the guys, I've been traumatized because I, I remember just looking at certain shit. I used to be like, what the fuck? Like, nah, bitch. I, I remember one time, like, no bullshit. This may not sound nasty to y'all, but this is so disgusting to me. I was fucking with this chick, bro. No bullshit. <laughs> I was fucking with this chick. We fucking, boom, we smashed her, you know what I'm saying? And and she want to go hop in the shower. All right, it's cool with me. Go hop in the shower, baby. She go get in the motherfucking me shower, and then she get out the shower. No dry off, no nothing. She don't dry off. She don't do none of that shit. She just crawls in the bed. And I'm sitting there like, that's some nasty shit. Because to me, when I think of just wet shit, just like, I'm thinking of mildew. I'm thinking of bacteria. I'm thinking of all that shit. I don't like just being moist. Like, I don't like just, and I hate using that. Moist is a nasty ass, like moist. <laughs> I hate that motherfucking word. But I feel like anytime you just damp in the bed, you know what I'm saying? Your sheets and shit is damp. You know what I'm saying? Your, your shit sticking all on you. Like, that shit is nasty, dirty shit to me. And when I when I seen that, like I said, this bitch was thick. Bitches, bitch was fine. You know what I'm saying? I, I've been trying to work on my bitches and hoes, but look, man. <laughs> I am who I am. You can like it or love it. <laughs> but it's like when I seen that, I'm like, damn, bro, this is nasty ass shit. This is my bed, too. Like, I want to make sure I put that out there. This is my bed. So I'm even more just, I'm just even more disturbed. All, I'm, everything is heightened to the highest level because it's my shit. I don't do it and you doing it in my bed. So now I'm offended. Now I got to fuck you until you get the fuck out. <laughs> Ain't no Chick-fil-A for you. <laughs> but it's like, when I, when I remember those experiences, you know what I mean? And then you start saying shit like what Coco's saying and what these other people in Hollywood is saying, that they don't wash their ass. It's like, fam, that what is going on? Like Coco, if I'm not mistaken, fam, Coco done had some work done, some plastic surgery done, all that. I'm pretty sure you got to keep that shit clean. I don't know, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm ignorant to this shit, but I'm, I know once you get like silicone and, and, and plastic and, and and shit and work done to your body, like you got to keep that shit in shape. You got to at least keep that shit clean. Like them is them ain't natural parts. You got to keep that shit clean, baby. <laughs> so it's like when her and Coco talk about this and then seeing these other two women on the Daily Pop, shout out to the Daily Pop once again for using that clip. But it's like once you see these other two women agreeing with her, it's like, bitches is nasty. You know what I'm saying? Like, like this is some nasty, wild shit, dog. Like, I'm, it's, it's really, it really... Like, it really got me questioning whether I'm ever going to fuck a white chick ever again, bro. Really? And look, it could be black women out here that's doing that. But I ain't going to believe it. I ain't going to believe it. If it's one thing, black women overclean that. Overclean. They got a motherfucking me whole cabinet full of shit to, for, to clean their motherfucking me body. I ain't never went to a white chick house and seen that many fucking cleaning supplies. I'm going to be honest with you. I got to keep it a buck. <laughs> I ain't never been to a white chick crib, bro. I've never been to a white chick crib and seen the fucking 
the little basket on on, on the on the motherfucker next to the sink full of shit. I ain't seen it. I haven't seen it, bro. Now, now that I'm really thinking about it, I haven't seen it. And this isn't trying to make it seem like all white chicks is dirty. But I ain't seen it. Y'all the ones putting it out there. I ain't washing y'all ass on the rig, baby. <laughs> but that's some nasty, dirty, trifling shit. And now when I think about it, I've never been to a white chick's house. And it was all to smell good. It was all I've never seen. I've never seen. I've never seen. All my white female listens to the send that shit to my DM. <laughs> send that shit to my DMs, dog. Snapchat that shit to me. <laughs> I need to see it. Because as of right now, in my mind, I'm thinking y'all some nasty motherfuckers. <laughs> Coco got y'all her looking bad. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit, man. <laughs> uh, moving on, man. Uh, I want to get into, you know, betting on yourself. You know, there's been a lot of talks about, you know, people betting on themselves as of late. And I think it's important to, to, to identify the difference between betting on yourself and just flat out making wrong decisions. Um, I first want to start this off by saying, you know, I feel like I feel like as 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 a culture, as black people, period, as black men, I think it's important to bet on yourself. Black women as well. I think it's important to bet on yourself because a lot of times, man, and I even fall victim to it. I'm not even going to lie to you. I even fall victim to this shit. Sometimes you work yourself up to a certain position and you just get cool. You, you start you start getting comfortable with the shit, the, the benefits that that shit gets you. You know what I'm saying? Like, Sometimes when you can never when you never had a, a straight real plan, you know. So when you never had a real plan to how you what you gonna do with yourself or how you gonna be getting your money and shit like that. Once you sometimes when you get to a certain position and you start getting benefit reaping benefits from that shit, sometimes you get content with that. And I think a lot of times people get confused with the short term versus the long term success. And short term success always looks fucking great. <laughs> I ain't never seen short-term success that didn't look fucking magnificent. I'm be honest with you. Even when you fuck, even even the bitch you fucking, the, the, the bitch you was fucking with for the, the shortest amount of time versus the bitch you was fucking with the longest, you're going to think highly of that bitch you was fucking with for a few months, bro. That's just how it go. <laughs> That's just how it go, man. <laughs> well, at least in my world, let me just say that. Every chick I've known the least compared to the chick I've long, uh, known the longest it's this night and day, fam. It's truly night and motherfucking day. Um, but when it comes to betting on yourself, man, I just think you gotta, you gotta take, you gotta be able to take that risk, take that jump, take that next step. You know what I'm saying? Because this shit not set up for us to, to succeed like that. How we all should, how we all want to. You know what I'm saying? When you look up, when you look up today, and you start seeing all these motherfuckers just get into a bag, and you start seeing these motherfuckers touching these M's, you see these motherfuckers driving these nice ass cars, living these life, traveling, this, traveling uh, all the world, all the motherfucking time. That's because you see them taking a lot of risk, fam. And I'm be honest with you, I'm not a gambling motherfucker. I don't take a lot of risk. I take one. I take a risk like twice a year. <laughs> I take a big risk like twice a motherfucking year. Because when it comes to betting on yourself, I think like I say it's, it's important to identify when you're just betting on yourself or when you're just making a badass fucking decision. Because sometimes I think a lot of people are making bad decisions and just try to cover that shit for saying they betting on themselves. And that and I think that's that's bad for the mental and that's bad for the progression and that's bad to be showing examples for the people that's watching because you never know who's watching. Because it's easy when one person say I, I bet on myself, you can't really argue with that. 
because it's like, all right, nigga, you 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 felt you could do something. I can't knock you for feeling like you could do something. But when you but when you don't take the actual time to to to, to think about all the possible outcomes, when you don't take the time to actually prepare to make that decision to see to see if your life can actually you know what I'm saying if your life can 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 motherfucking uh, support that decision because a lot of times when motherfuckers make decisions they don't think about you know what I'm saying three four weeks down the line just because you got that money that uh, this week don't mean you gonna have that shit next week <laughs> you know what I'm saying like you, you you never know like you never know what the fuck is gonna happen and a lot of motherfuckers like I said motherfuckers don't take in take into consideration. Whether or not they actual lifestyle can actually support the decision that they make. And, and, and another reason why I want to bring up the whole bad nigga stuff shit is because, like I said, you know, it's been that that phrase has been thrown around a lot. You know what I'm saying? And in the NBA, you got niggas like Dennis Schroeder right now. Dennis Schroeder right now. The craziest situation in the world. This nigga, this nigga was playing for the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Title content. Title content. Nigga, 26 years old, 26 years old, 26, 27. And Lakers offered him a four-year, 80, $85 million contract. He turned it down. A nigga like me, I'm thinking, this nigga's crazy. But he throw that, nigga's throwing that term around. He betting on himself. He feel a $100 million nigga. I'm never going to tell a man what they worth. I'm never going to tell a man what they worth. You say you worth that, nigga, you worth that. But you only work for the motherfucker gonna pay you. That's a fact. You can you you can think you worth a billion motherfucking me dollars. Nigga only gonna pay you motherfucking me 2.5. 2.5 million. <laughs> Vet minimum. <laughs> but like I said, nigga get off of 85 million dollars from the Lakers, fam. The Lakers. Best best fucking organization in the league. Tied for number one in the chips. Got LeBron and AD already there. Already there. That's the it's a big ass market in this California, fam. It's LA. It's LA. Lakers just won a chip in October. They just won a chip two years, two two uh, NBA seasons ago. But last year in October, the Lakers was holding up the championship. And you turned down a four year, eighty five million dollar contract, bad knowing yourself. It's cool because if it work out, nigga, you lit. But if it don't work out, if it don't work out, you have to live with the fact you turned down $85 million. So when you fast forward to now, present time, it's, it's news breaking that De uh, Dennis Schroeder is signing a one-year deal for $5 million with the Boston Celtics. Now you got everybody talking about, oh, he bad on himself, he did this, he did. They didn't bet on his motherfucking self. You got to call that shit for what it is. That was a bad motherfucking decision, fam. Because all everything niggas be saying that they want, they get, you get offered that shit. Dennis Schroeder said he wanted to be a point guard, the leading point guard for for uh, for, for for a big market, for, for a playoff team in a big market. The nigga got offered an $85 million multi-year contract to be a point guard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Everything you wanted, you got you got offered, fam. So when you, I don't give a fuck how niggas try to qualify betting on yourself. 
Because like I said, all I'm, I'm down for it. You gotta bet on yourself to get ahead in this life. And unless you in the one of those those rare positions to where motherfuckers just hand feed you, you know, spoon feed you shit to let you get by your family is set, and you can just live off, you know, saying your family name. Cool. But that ain't everybody's situation. Motherfucker, that ain't 99% of motherfuckers' situation. So you gotta bet on yourself to get by. But you have to take in the simple everything, all the possible outcomes. When Dennis Schroeder was sitting there and he was getting offered $85 million, excuse me, from the fucking Los Angeles Lakers, he got the you have to take in consideration that nigga. If I turn this down, I can be taking a one-year deal for a team that I don't even want to fucking play for. Because now you signed up to be a fucking backup point guard in Boston. When you could have been the starting point guard for the Lakers with LeBron and AD making almost closer to $100 million. But it's like everybody's saying he bet on himself. You didn't bet on your motherfucking self. Betting on yourself is actually doing, is, is doing some smart shit. Betting on yourself is, is actually thinking about this shit. Thinking about all the possible outcomes that can, that can happen right here. Thinking about what you can gain from this, what you can lose from this, who 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 who's depending on you. You gotta think about all that shit. You can't just be like, oh, they give me eighty five, so shit. I know the next thing gonna give me a hundred. That ain't how this shit work. No, nigga, we giving you, we gave, we trying to give you eighty five because nigga, we need, we thought we needed you at that time. And, and, and in the midst of a motherfucking pandemic, niggas just turned down eighty five million dollars. Fuck when they could fuck that betting on yourself shit, my G. <laughs> In the midst of a global pandemic, niggas turned down 85 million motherfucking dollars. It'll never make sense to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't you don't see you don't see Bradley Bill turning down no fucking money on the worst team ever, but he ain't turning down no fucking money. I can trade it later. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I get traded later, my G. Niggas ain't turned. You in the middle of a motherfucking pandemic. Niggas turned down $85 million just to sign for fucking five. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Real motherfucking talk, man. It's, it'll never make sense to me, dog. It'll never make fucking sense to me. A nigga can't make that shit make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's not about not betting on yourself, but it's about making sure you're making the right decision. Before you make, before you place that fucking bet, my G, make sure you think about everything. Don't just think about the money. You got to think about everything. You got to think about the motherfuckers that you, that you support, the motherfuckers depending on you, the possible outcome if you don't take this deal. What happens if you do take this motherfucking me deal? What's the pros and cons of that situation? The pros and cons of taking an $84 million, $85 million contract in the sea that you don't like is way better than taking a $5 million contract in a city where you ain't going to be a starting point guard. I don't give a fuck if niggas don't want to play with LeBron James or Anthony Davis. You don't want to be little bro. Nigga, I will be little bro to any motherfucking body. <laughs> but 85 big ones? Come on, man. Whoa, man. <laughs> <laughs> that shit never makes sense to me, dog. Real shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on, man. Let's go again. So I got a question for everybody, man. What is the streets, fam? Like, real shit, what's the streets, dog? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, look, man, since I've been really tapped into my own little shit, man, in my own little lane, 
I don't be tripping off what everybody else doing. I don't listen to nobody's uh, podcast no more. I don't really watch nobody else's shit. Like, I'm really just focused on my own shit, trying to make sure I get to where I want to be. But I came across some shit where it's like, I believe it was like Academics got a new a podcast now. Uh, Academics, you know, they're big on the Twitch platform and stuff like that. Uh, big on YouTube and shit like that. Uh, but now you're jumping into the podcast world. Let's say everybody got a podcast now, bro. If you if you if you don't got a podcast now, bro, I really don't know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Not even I, I'm talking about anybody. If you got, even got some type of following on social media, it's super easy to just make a podcast and just be like you a podcaster now because you're gonna have motherfuckers clicking on your shit and watching it, et cetera, et cetera. But you, we know how the shit go. If you pop in, if you if you pop in, you pop in everywhere. So Academics got a podcast now. Um, it was Whack 100 and Takashi. And look, fam. <laughs> what is the streets? Because look, I know Whack 100 for being a manager. I don't know, I don't know about his street shit. Never heard about his street shit. Don't really care about his street shit. I think that's one thing a lot of motherfuckers got gotta gotta understand. Nobody cares about what you did in your hood because there's a hood. Every, like maybe back in the day when all this shit was kind of new, you know what I'm saying? When, when, when motherfuckers, when, when this gang banging shit was new, maybe motherfuckers was a little bit more taken up, taken aback about her and what you, you know, your war stories. But nah, fam, in today's age, nobody gives a fuck about what the, the shit you did. In, in the 80s and the 90s in your hood. I don't give a fuck about what no nigga did in their hood a week ago. You ain't gonna do that shit to me? To more? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's how niggas is feeling. That's how niggas is feeling. And I'm not the nigga that's running around with the Draco. So imagine how a nigga that's, that's running around with the Draco feel. But, like I said, man, it's Whack 100 and Takashi and Academics sitting down. And you got... Takashi, who's a rat? I'm not a street nigga, but I feel very comfortable in calling him a rat because he ratted on niggas and sent niggas to jail. Whenever you send niggas to jail during football years, bro, there's nothing you can say to any fucking by heart. Let me tell you, I'm because I need to. When you send niggas to jail, fam, there's nothing you can say. That could, that's very that's very different from anything else a nigga can say. When you start sending niggas to jail, my G, nah, I, they, no, on a moral level, I ain't fucking with you. And I'm not even a street nigga, bro. But you got whack one hundred there, who's quote unquote a street nigga. And I'm not even commenting on this to get into some street shit because I don't even classify this as street shit because you're sitting down with a rat who nigga you can look at him. One sight until he's not a street nigga. But if you got a nigga that's sitting there claiming to be gangster and claiming to be certified and be niggas OGs and shit, how are you sitting down with a rat? Because we all know what this is for. You're looking for the bag. You're looking for the clout. You're looking to stay relevant. You're looking to just be on, on for niggas to be talking about you. Because ever since this, is, this shit has come out, niggas has been talking about WAC 100. And like I said, I've never heard niggas besides the game <laughs> talk about whack 100 all my motherfucking life. All my life. So now niggas is talking about whack 100 in a, as a solo entity. He's not a manager no more. He whack 100. 
But it's like, if you a street nigga, you, you willing to risk your reputation, willing to risk all the shit, the, the blood, sweat, and tears, you know what I'm saying? You willing to risk all that shit for, for, for five minutes of clout with a rat? Huh? <laughs> That's what you doing? Like I said, I'm not even a street nigga, my boy. But it's just certain shit I wouldn't do. And it's just certain shit I know that's not accepted. So if being a rat is not accepted in the streets, how the fuck is hanging with a rat accepted in the streets? How whack? Make that make sense, man. You willing to, you, you, you was willing to risk your whole, but anything you, your, your rep, your blood, sweat, and tears, your OG label for five, ten minutes of fame with a rat? That's what you did? And like I said, maybe he understand what I understand. That niggas don't give a fuck about what he did. I told y'all that. Don't nobody care about that old shit, man. Don't nobody give a fuck about what you did in your hood. This is a hood everywhere. Every, every, every hood, it's one nigga in that hood that just got, that just got ranked. That's everywhere. Everywhere. And in every hood, it, 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 it's, it's different. And yeah, like I said, nigga, you from Cali and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't nobody give a fuck no more. And if niggas didn't give a fuck about your rank, but prior to you doing this shit with Takashi, how you think niggas finna feel about your rank now you, you sitting down doing interviews with Takashi? Like, I, I, I just don't get it. I Like I said, I, quit, I, I judge niggas when they in their 40s. When you, if I judge niggas in this in their thirties still game bang. I, I'm judging you, fam. Where's your kids, <laughs> nigga? Where's your kids? You ain't you ain't tired from working all day. Any nigga that go to work all day every day and still got the energy to gang bang, oh shit! <laughs> Get that nigga the Olympics. <laughs> real shit. Any nigga, real shit. Any nigga that go to work every day all day. Take care of their family. Provide for their motherfucking me family. Wash the cars. Mow the lawn. You know what I'm saying? Take the kids to practice. You know what I'm saying? Cook breakfast for the kids. You know what I'm saying? Spend, spend, Sunday, spend Sunday time with the kids. Any nigga that do all that family time shit and, and, and working shit, and he still got fucking energy and time to be gang banging. It's a different type of nigga. <laughs> Get that nigga in the Olympics. Him versus Usain Bolt. I got my money on him. <laughs> I got my money on Pookie Cuz. <laughs> Real shit, because I just, to me, any nigga in their 30s that's still in the streets, bro, is something wrong. You have no dreams. You have no goals in life. You have nothing. That's just a fact. In my world, in my book, it's just a fact. I don't give a fuck. Unless you got two strikes and it's just really fucked up and rough for you. Any nigga that's in their 30s still in the streets. Even at that point, nigga, if you're an ex-convict, you better be a, a, a full-time car washer at that time. <laughs> like any nigga that's a flash that's straight, you been in and out the system. You better be in your you better be trying to get it right. That is how I feel. You better be trying to get it fucking right. So when you start, when you transition to a 40-year-old nigga that's still trying to live off the shit he did in the streets in his youth, it's like, man, you going out sad. Where is your wife? What does your wife think of this? 
Like at certain, at certain point in time, like shouldn't your wife be telling you the corny shit that you're doing? When you in your forties arguing with Twenty One Savage, when you in your forties uh, ranting about some some street shit, when you in your forties telling like you a sock niggas the fuck out, what does your wife think? What does your kids think? Like motherfuckers ain't embarrassed. You don't feel like you embarrassing nobody. Like I, I always thought that's what, 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 what marriages was for sometimes. Like for, for your spouse to tell you, like, yeah, you really bugging the fuck out. Like you really need to sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that's just what I thought. So it just made me wonder, man, what is the streets? Because even even with Wack 100 doing a little interview with him, him and 21 Savage getting to it, and 21 Savage calling uh uh um What's the boy named Takashi a rat and all that bullshit? But they come to find out 21 Savage was on the phone with Takashi the night before for 30 to 40 minutes. What? Like, what is the streets, fam? What's the streets? What's the streets? I don't know. I don't even know what I feel more. I don't even know what I'm more uncomfortable about. A, a street nigga doing an interview with a nigga? Or a street nigga on the phone, you know, having a private phone call with a rat for 40 minutes. I don't even know. I don't know which is worse. I don't know which is worse. I don't even understand. Like, I don't I don't even understand these new niggas. I don't understand the old niggas, apparently. I don't understand the streets, period, dog. I just don't. And look, don't get it confused. I be around, I've I, I been around street niggas. Now that I'm out here in Phoenix, I'm be honest with you, ain't no street niggas out here. <laughs> ain't no street niggas out here in Phoenix, but I'm just keeping it a band with you. But it's like, I, I know street niggas, man. I ain't a stranger to the streets. But I never understood the shit. I never understood the, the seriousness that niggas took that, how, how niggas took that shit. And apparently, 21 Savage don't either. Because 21 Savage, I'm thinking he, he's probably one of the new gangsters. He got a knife on his forehead. Niggas is talking all this shit about niggas being rats and snitches and shit. How are you on the phone with this nigga? After all, I just always thought if you a street nigga, you just you distance away from snitches. Fuck snitches. Snitches shouldn't be able to get in contact with you. You don't get in contact with snitches. There's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to discuss. None of that shit. But that's not the case. This nigga, this, apparently, you niggas had something to discuss. You on the phone with this nigga. So that's the, that was the one thing I agree with Wack 100 on. Like, nigga, how you gonna get mad talking shit about me doing an interview with this nigga, but you was just on the phone with this nigga last night, patty caking it up? It's just I, I don't understand the streets, fam. Like when you see when you start seeing all these niggas going to jail and riding for their hoods and you know what I'm saying, killing that for their hoods, repping their hoods, doing it big and for all this shit for, for for a few corners, for a few corners and a few sidewalks, dog. And then you start to see the rules ain't even the rules no more. Like like, fam, the game ain't the game no more, dog. It's a whole new game. These new niggas is, these new niggas is crazy. 
the 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 fright the fraternizing with the fraternizing with ratchets. I will never understand. But I, I on a moral level, bro, I don't give. I can't talk to a nigga about the Lakers, and I know you sent niggas to jail. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't. Like it's only one thing to talk about, and that's how you snitch. That's it's only one thing to talk about. That's what I'm saying. With certain motherfuckers, it ain't shit to talk about but the, the, the elephant in the room. It ain't shit to talk about but the elephant in the motherfucking room. And, for, and niggas fraternizing with snitches and rats, I'll never be okay with. I'll never be okay with that. Like, I can't talk to a nigga about no bad bitch, the bad bitch that just walked by, and I know you gave niggas uh, football years. I can't talk to you about uh, Russell Westbrook coming to the Lakers, and I know you a snitch. Because, nigga, I don't give a fuck about what you think about Russell Westbrook coming to the Lakers. I want to know what you think about you, motherfucker. How do you really feel about yourself? <laughs> That's what I want to know. Give a fuck about what pop culture with this nigga, man. I don't give a fuck about this nigga's day-to-day life. Let's talk about the nigga's day-to-day life that you sent out to Rikers. Let's talk about them niggas. Like I said... It's for a different conversation. I didn't talk about this on past episodes, but them niggas was I, still to this day. I think them niggas is full gazy as fuck for even bringing that nigga six nine around. You can look that nigga in his eyes and tell he ain't gangster. You can. So I, you play a stupid game, you win a stupid reward. So it's them niggas' fault they in jail too. But them niggas, but them niggas, that nigga snitch. And ain't shit to talk about with no motherfucking snitch. Especially if you a nigga that claim you from the motherfucking streets. If you claim you from the streets, ain't shit to talk, ain't, ain't shit to talk to a snitch about. That's just how I feel about the situation, fam. Real shit. Ah, uh, moving on, man. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to keep it with the whole academic shit, bro. I want to keep it with the whole academic shit real fast, bro. Um, you know, speaking about the whole academics, like I said, you got the whole podcast shit. Um, he came out. It was a little video, you know, him going off on Chief Keep and shit like that. Um, he wanted Chief Keep come on his podcast and stuff like that. Um, and he went on a little, little whole little rant, you know, talking about he got more money than Chief Keep and shit like that. Um, I really wanted to pay, um, play it for y'all because while we sticking with the whole, you know, what is the streets and we talk about academics and shit like that, it made me think about this one question in life. What is more important to you? Is it money or respect? Because a lot of motherfuckers, they value one, one more than the other. Me personally, you know what I'm saying? I like to have a little healthy mixing of the two. Um, but there's something that academics said in this, in this clip that I want to play for y'all that I want y'all, I want y'all to really hear and take heed to. Let me see this shit. Some of y'all got more money than me. Y'all bum-ass niggas. I don't want Keith talking about me, period. If he, if he don't come on my podcast, we ain't got shit to talk about. <laughs> nigga, I owe you shit. Straight up, anybody who won't fuck with my podcast, I don't owe you shit. <laughs> I don't owe you shit, and we gonna keep it like that. I know what time it is when it comes to the media. Y'all, y'all gonna need me again. Y'all always gonna need me again. But the next time we y'all need me, your favorites gonna be run out. So when I hit Chief Keith, if he don't answer, bet my nigga. No, I don't care what that project boy, you man, have man. coming up after this nigga. <laughs> that shit is click facts. I don't need this shit, nigga. I'm, I got more money than Keith right now. That's a fact. I'll tell you that now. So I don't need that nigga. Hey, that nigga don't fuck with what I do? Bet. Keep it like that. Straight up. And that's for any rapper, any singer, 
anybody who's in the shit. Even goes up to the highest level, and I love that nigga, even Drake. People who I've been using my whole career to promote, they fuck with me. And if y'all can't do that, man, fuck y'all niggas. Straight up. <laughs> all right, man. All right, all right, man. All right, all right, man. All right, man. All right, man. <laughs> that boy mad, mad, mad. <laughs> that boy mad. Look, man. You can have all the money in the world, bro. If niggas don't respect you, if niggas don't, if niggas don't value you as a person, as a man, what that shit really mean, my G? Like for real, what that shit really mean? You gotta think about it like this. That whole that, I wanted to make sure I played that academics clip for y'all because the academics and Chief Keep story is fucking. You can't talk about one without the other for real. For real, you you really can't. Academics pretty much made his name covering Chief Keith. Now, obviously, Academics and Takashi 69 is cool as fuck. I just got through talking about the episode with Wack 100 and Takashi 69. Takashi 69 put a hit out <laughs> on Chief Keith. So I don't understand I don't understand why he think that Chief Keith would then turn around and be cool with him and do an interview with him. After you cool and just did an interview with the nigga that put a head out or, or, or told niggas to shoot in my in my vicinity, in, in the area that I was in. That's one thing. Two, it must really hurt academics' feelings to know that Chief Keith really don't fuck with him. It, like, it, it must really hurt that nigga feelings. Like, I would think in, in my position, that's probably like me if, like, if, if, if Kobe was still around, rest in peace, Kobe. If Kobe was still around, and I all my life I just been dying on that Kobe Bryant Hill, but then it, I found out Kobe just didn't fuck with me. Like Kobe didn't like me as a person. It would fuck around and hurt. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I ain't never gave a fuck about what another man thought, but it would fuck around and hurt if Kobe Bryant didn't fuck with me. Somebody who I just I, I've talked about more than any fucking body. I've defended more than any fucking body. So I, I can understand where, where academics is at with that. You know what I'm saying? But it's, it, 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 he, he gets to talking about he got more money than Sosa, so he don't need Sosa. Yes, you do. You can have don't, – niggas don't like you. Act. Don't nobody over the age of 20 really fuck with academics. Don't, know, don't nobody really do that. And I'm not even here to talk about whether or not niggas like him personally or not. But his impact, his impact on the on the on the culture compared to Chief Keith's impact on the culture is it's not even fucking close. Now, academics one one of the up and coming faces of the uh, of hip hop media. Hell yeah, been like that for a while now. But don't nobody give a fuck for real because on a personal level, niggas don't really fuck with you like that, my boy. That's obvious. I mean, you got the trolls and you got the niggas who ain't really, you know what I mean? You got a certain type of audience, but just leave it at that. You got a certain type of audience. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say the shit not entertain. I'm not going to say a nigga not doing this fucking thing. But we're not going to sit there and act like his impact on the culture is, is equivalent to Chief Keefs. We're not going to do that. Chief, you, you can have more money than Chief Keith. You, the streets not going to respect you like they respect Chief Keith. Nigga, real niggas not going to respect you like they respect Chief Keith. The, 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 the business that you in 
not going to respect you more than they respect Chief Keith. Because when it's all said and done, nigga, if there was no Chief Keith, there wouldn't be no academics. That's a fact. That's a fact. I don't know what the – he could have been doing anything. He could have been uploading clips, you know what I'm saying, prior to Chief Keith. He could have been doing that. But that, ain't, that, that, shit, wasn't, that shit wasn't popping like that, that, that uh, Chirac coverage you was doing, my boy. We, 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 we know Chief Keith is an underground legend at this point. Niggas ain't called academics a legend yet. You ain't reached that status. So it's like what in, in, in this life that motherfuckers is living, you see motherfuckers that's just chasing the bag, chasing the bag, chasing the bag. Or you got niggas that stand that stand low key that's doing shit the, the, the slow route. They ain't taking the, 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 the quick path to success. Which one are you taking? Because sometimes that, that slow that slow grind and that and that and doing shit the right way leads to garnishing the respect and the, from your loved ones and your peers. But when you take when you chasing the quick hits and you chasing the motherfucking me the clickbait shit, you chasing the motherfucking me the negative uh the negative bullshit, that shit can skyrocket you up out of here. And you may be on top for a while. But longevity is everything. Is you gonna be on top for five, ten years? Is you gonna be is you gonna be in the game for 10 years? Are you gonna be relevant for 10 years? Those are real questions. And that's not even about academics anymore. That's just about that's just about period. What's more important to you, the money or the respect? Because you you can look at it like you can look at it like motherfuckers that, like I said, you got motherfuckers that 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 do the shit that they know gonna be an instant success. You got the motherfuckers that's trying to go viral. You doing the motherfuckers who chasing the moment. That shit, yeah, you are gonna get some money in that. It's always some monetary value on that shit. But what do you value more, that money, or do you value the motherfuckers that's actually respecting you? You value the motherfuckers that's coming to you for you. Do you value the motherfuckers that's fucking with you as a person who fuck with you on a moral on, on moral level on a moral level? Like I said, it's a healthy mix of both for me. Like I said, respect don't pay bills. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> respect don't pay bills. Legacy don't pay bills. In the wise words of Floyd Mayweather. But, but I can if, if I can if I can have a little bit of money. You know, and a little bit of respect too. I'd be okay with that. I just think it's corny as fuck for academics to be bringing up money in this situation because a nigga hurt his feelings. <laughs> That's really that was really the, the number one thing I seen from that clip. It, 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 it's really it's really fucking funny to see academics that butt hurt over uh, over Chief Keep not fucking him and leaving him on red. Like I said, it's funny on a level where you when you don't under why you don't understand why academics would think that. Chief Keith would turn around and be cool with him after he's butt buddies with a nigga that told niggas to shoot at Sosa. I don't know why he thought that was okay. <laughs> That's just the part that I just don't understand why he thought was okay. But, but, <laughs> even besides that, it's like you do so much corny nigga shit that you can't, you can't be surprised when real niggas don't fuck with you. You can't. Like maybe you thought you was you you was more lit than you than you actually were. Maybe you did, but that's just a reminder that nah niggas don't fuck with you like that. And the nigga that you was supporting your whole career, the nigga that you was putting on your whole career, the nigga that you made X amount of dollars off of, he don't fuck with you, bro. That got hurt. It got a motherfucking hurt, bro. Real shit. <laughs> it gotta hurt. Uh, moving on, man. What we got is before we wrap this podcast up, bro. 
talked about academics. We talked about whack 100. We talked about what is the motherfucking me streets in general. You know, oh man, let me get into, we gotta get into Brittany Renner before we wrap this motherfucker up, man. <laughs> this bitch just hit the lotto. <laughs> it's just this bitch just hit the Powerball on some shit, man. Um, we gotta get into Brittany Renner, man. Brittany Renner. You know, before I even start, man, you know, I come on this podcast, bro. It's a certain shit I try to avoid talking about. You know what I'm saying? I try to talk, avoid talking about people's family situation because you never truly know what's going on behind closed doors. Um. In this situation, we know exactly <laughs> what the fuck is going on behind them closed doors. Um, if you don't know, Brittany Renner, she basically just inked the $43.2 million max contract with the PJ Washington um, <laughs> dumbasses. <laughs> with the PJ Washington dumbasses, bro. She just signed a $43.2 million max contract. This bitch getting paid more than THT. <laughs> For the motherfucking Alice Caruso. Now, the whole Brittany Renner, PJ Washington shit, man. She was like twenty in her mid twenties. He was like seventeen. She was, she was praying on that nigga. That's just, that's just call it what it was, bro. If the shoe was on the other foot, motherfuckers be saying that he was praying on her. She was a grown ass woman praying on a young and up and coming basketball player who had. Who had some promise to make it to the league and promise to get that bag. And that's what she did. Everybody in the world knew that's what she was doing, besides PJ Washington. Now, granted, nigga was 17 years old, sleeping with some famous pussy. Brittany Renner was famous. She he he coming up in that social media world. She big on Instagram and shit like that. So he just happy he knocking that shit. That's that's just what it was. He didn't give a fuck how he was getting it, when he was getting it, or why he was getting it. That nigga just knew he was getting it. <laughs> he was getting a bundle of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But she they ended up getting married. She got he got her pregnant. Strike one and two. No, I strike three. Cause strike one was cuffing the bitch. I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't give a fuck how fine you think a motherfucker is. When you know that she's selling that shit, when you know she got a book, a tell-all book of sucking and fucking. Any nigga that got a bag, how can you turn around and wife that bitch? This ain't 10 years removed. This ain't even five years removed. He literally started wifing this bitch as soon as this bitch had the New York's bestseller. Like, like this shit is crazy to me. Like, this, it's it just crazy. Where is this OGs, fam? Like, I, I, where do niggas OGs be? Where do niggas uncles, big cousins, where is niggas fathers like, where is your mama at? Your mama didn't tell you this was a bad idea? Like, it blows my mind that this situation got as far as it did. But, like I said, they ended up getting married. He ended up having a baby. And two weeks after the baby was born, two long, drawn out, blood-bad-filled weeks. <laughs> two measly-ass weeks after she gave birth to this nigga baby, she filed for a divorce. Now, he's set to pay her $200,000 a month in child support. I've, I told y'all on past episodes how I feel about this whole child support and marriage shit. It's going to take some shit to change for Hatch start running those type of races. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not getting married until they start changing some rules. This child support shit is beyond me. 
This bitch didn't support this baby for shit for two weeks. Two weeks. We don't even know if those two weeks was on her own. She had that baby for two weeks. And she getting 200K a month from a nigga that she was married with. It wasn't like he knocked her up and left. He was with the bitch. And yes, I'm calling her a bitch. I'm sorry, PJ. Somebody got to say it because you ain't going to say it. <laughs> but it's like she she divorced this nigga two weeks after the baby was born. He got to give her 200K a month in child support. I don't think niggas understand. PJ Washington's only set to make $4.2 million next season. He's still on his rookie deal. He's still on his rookie deal. He's he's set to owe her way more money than he's gonna see at this point in time. He like I said, now granted, the way money in the NBA is going, he's gonna make that 43.2 million. PJ Washington is a solid player. But that's that's that's, that's barring no injuries. What if he what if he get hurt knocking on knock on wood for a nigga? You know, so I ain't wishing on, I ain't wishing on nobody, but I just seen some shit with Jalen Rose said every year, 25% of the league don't return. Every fucking NBA season, 25% of the league won't return to the NBA. I never seen, I didn't even know that shit. So to think that PJ Washington is only set to make $4.2 million next season, he already in the back of his mind know. $43.2 million, of, million dollars of his money that's coming into his future is going to be going to this bitch. He, that's, that's off top. That's off top, bro. That ain't, ain't no moving around. That's off top. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's fucking wild. I looked at this nigga net worth. His net worth is only 500 k His net worth is only $500,000. And he got to pay this bitch 200 k a month? For a fucking newborn baby? Okay. <laughs> hey, where was his OGs at? Like, I just don't, man. It's sad, bro. Like, it, it, it's sad when you see when you see a woman get away with some 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 predator type behavior and get rewarded with that shit. Predator type behavior and getting reward with that shit. She prayed on this nigga when he was a fucking minor, a youth. She prayed on this nigga. Had this nigga baby and divorced this nigga two weeks later just to get the bag. Now, it comes a certain point in time it's like the whole Black China and Rob Kardashian shit where it's like, nigga, you, when you see a fool, you play their ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the whole world telling you this is going on, nigga, everybody not lying on you. Everybody not lying, my nigga. And this bitch just got 43. She look at that. I seen, I went on her page, bro. And maybe I, I'm wrong for saying this, bro. But I don't give a fuck. I got to say it. She got 43, $43 million. She got it. I went on her page. And you never, you never want to question a mother's love for their child. You never want to do that. And I don't even want to do that in this situation because, I mean, she carried that baby for, you know, nine months, presumably, and she gave birth to that. That's one. Of, that's the hardest thing in the world anybody could do. You know what I mean? A woman giving birth is, is, is number one. But it's like, I can't help but think when she look at that baby dog, she don't look at the, the shitty pampas. She don't think about the, the, the sleepless nights. <laughs> she don't think about the... the the, the cravings when she was pregnant. She don't think about the, the celery and peanut butter, the, 
the banana and pink. She don't think about that shit, man. That bitch thinking of $43.2 million. <laughs> that bitch look at that baby as a bag, my boy. Like, she ain't thinking about, ain't nothing loving about that baby in her eyes, bro. She see Blue Benjamin. That bitch is seeing Blue Hunnets when she look at that damn baby, man. Real talk, though. That's, it's, it, 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 it's sad, man. It's it's really some sad shit that, that still is allowed in this world. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, people always talk about the whole double standard shit. To me, this always falls in that. To me, it's just like the financial part of the double standard. It's, it's some wild shit in this world we got to fix on both ends, dog. <laughs> like, it's some wild shit. Like, there's no way in hell she should be able to divorce a nigga two weeks after giving birth and get 200 fucking K a month. $43.2 million. 200K. 200K a month for 18 years is $43.2 million. She getting that just from sucking it because she sucked and fucked the nigga, bro. It's some wild shit. <laughs> That's some wild ass shit, bro. I don't even want to keep talking about that shit because I just feel weird talking about another nigga's family. But it's like that family was built on false pretenses. That family was built off lies and scandal, off predatorial behavior. And that motherfucker going to be laying on a bed of $43 million. Hope I, I just hope and pray. That P.J. Washington career is long. <laughs> I hope it's long, and I hope it's fucking very lucrative. You know what I mean? I hope he get the biggest endorsement checks ever to where this $43 million, he don't even see this shit. Now, I don't know. Unless you on some Dennis Schroeder shit, you should be okay. But you should – I would think a nigga going to see a, a $43 million just leave. Nigga gonna see that every motherfucking year. He gonna see it on his tax rollout every year and be pissed off and see that two point five just gone. He gonna be pissed off. I, that, that's a fact. But I just hope he got a very lucrative, successful fucking NBA career, bro. Because this hoe just got this nigga for forty three million dollars, bro. Real shit. <laughs> Real fucking shit. Uh moving on, man. Let's go ahead and get into the quick hitters before we wrap the podcast up, man. Um, you know, as I was flipping through, you know, NBA Summer League, you know, right now it's NBA Summer League out there in Vegas, and you got all the young talent coming in. You got the K. Cunningham's, the Jalen Greens, the Josh Christophers. Um, you know, you got the uh, Mac McClungs, you know, so you got the Reeves cat. You got all these, you got all these young players, all these young ballers out there right now. You got Leandro Ball out there for Charlotte. Um, you know, that's what Summer League is all about. The young, the, the future, the future of the league. Niggas that's trying to make it, the niggas that's that's just trying to develop themselves. I was kind of, I came across the Portland Trail Blazers summer league game. And, you know, I'm high. I'm, I'm, I'm barely paying attention and shit like that. And I was watching. I'm like, damn, bro. That nigga like Kenneth Reed. <laughs> and I and I, remind, I remember like, like within the season, I was asking myself, where's Kenneth Reed? Like, you just out, out of nowhere, you think of niggas that just you shouldn't be thinking about, like, I was like, yo, where's Kenneth Reed? Like, should he still be on somebody's roster? Like, you would think, like, Kenneth Reed, every team needs a nigga that's just energy. And that's all Kenneth Reed was, was just a high-energy player. He was Montrez Hurl, but less vicious. You know what I'm saying? Less vicious and, and less talented. Let's just keep it a buck. But he was a he was a he was a he was a he was an energy guy. And every team need every contending team needs that. 
So as I'm watching the Portland Trail Blazers Summer League, you know, you all talking about the whole Damian Letter shit, you know what I'm saying, how he should really want out because they not doing shit right for that man. They not bringing in no talent, no none of that. As I'm saying, that look like Kenneth Reed. The announcers say, that's Kenneth Reed. So as I'm thinking, like, yo, Kenneth Reed is a vet. At a certain point in time, ain't it disrespectful to have veteran fucking players in the summer league? Like, Kenneth Reed is is a proven player and an established player. He is what he is type shit. You're not going to learn nothing from Kenneth Reed in the summer league. So when I combine, I think about how they playing with Dame, how, how, and I just think about the Lakers. Like the Lakers wouldn't do no shit like that. Like a, a top tier franchise, you're not putting niggas like Kenneth Reed in the summer league. Either you're gonna bring a nigga on the team or you're not. Either you're gonna bring in a training camp or you're not. So as I see Kenneth Reed after getting dunked on by some, I don't even know who the fuck it was, but he got dunked on some vicious. And then I looked, and I looked down a few plays later, and they got Michael Beasley out there too. That's Michael motherfucking Beasley, former number two draft pick in the NBA. Michael Beasley was just on the Lakers what two years ago, two three years ago, and he's on the Portland Trailblazers summer league team. And like maybe it ain't a big thing to y'all. Maybe y'all listen to her like, okay, hash the niggas on the summer league. It's to me, it's bigger than that. It's it's simple fact that the Portland Trailblazers they going through this rift with Damian Lillard. Either he finna demand a trade or he finna just get Chauncey Billups a, a a few months to a year to see if this shit gonna work out or not. And then he gonna be asking out that motherfucker. When you think about how Portland Trailblazers team has gotten worse and worse over the last couple of years, you think about how they don't have any uh, flexibility to bring any players in. You think about all that shit, right? And I'm not saying Michael Beasley and Kenneth Reed are the players that's going to change Portland's fortunes. But it just, to me, it it, hide, it, it it shines light on how they treat their players. It shines light on how they move as an organization, period. Because like I said, bro, I don't give a fuck what niggas say about the Lakers, but Lakers take care of their players, bro. And I ain't never heard niggas say shit grimy about the Lakers, period. To me, if you a veteran proving a commodity in this league, you should not be in the summer league out there with 20-year-olds. So when shit like what happened to Kenneth Reed happened, it don't diminish you. Because if you Kenneth Reed trying to come back into the motherfucking league, trying to establish yourself, trying to put some food on the table for your kids, and then you go and they put you in the summer league, and you go out there and you got your ass posterized the way he got posterized, that shit don't look good. Niggas going to gonna say you can't protect the rim. Niggas going to say you can't rotate over. You too slow on the, your feet too slow now. That's what they going to say. But to me, it shines like on the organization as, as a whole because why is these proven commodities out there with these young stallions? Why is that the case? If you're gonna either you're gonna bring them niggas on the training camp or you not, my nigga. And it just it, it just made me think like Portland Trailblazers got a lot of fucking nerve to be having veterans out there in the summer league to make they team, to make they team. It's it's some wild shit. <laughs> I just, it's some wild ass shit. Um you know, uh, I was thinking with quick. I want to talk about Jason Kidd, bro. You know, with Jason Kidd, I've been hearing a lot of Jason Kidd talk lately. Um, you know, this whole Russell Westbrook shit. You know, the whole Carmelo and all these old niggas, quote unquote, old niggas coming to the Lakers. Um, they talking about how they rings won't do much for their legacy, the same way Jason Kidd's ring didn't do much for his legacy. Now, 
I remember when Jay Kidd won his ring in 2011 with the Dallas Mavericks. I remember Jason Kidd taking the New Jersey Nets to two finals back-to-back, lost to the Lakers and the Spurs. I've never heard anybody diminish Jason Kidd's ring until now. Like, I'm just be real with you. I've never now I've never heard anybody rant and rave about that nigga's ring because they always say you know Dirk ring because Dirk was the MVP. But I've never heard nobody shit on Jason Kidd's ring. Like instantly when I'm when I'm seeing all these people with Max Kellerman's and and all these other analysts on TV, primarily Max Kellerman. But when you hear them talk about. How Jason Kidd ring with Dallas really didn't do shit with his legacy. It didn't mean shit. Like, I'm just like, damn. Like, that's when I start hearing Cube in my voice. Like, here's what they think about you. Or is that the one, either Cube or Dr. J. One of them niggas, here's what they think about you. Here's what they think about you. Like, they, they, like, if I'm Jason Kidd, he probably sitting up like, well, goddamn. <laughs> like, well, well, fuck y'all too then. Because I've never heard nobody shit on Jason Kidd's career. I've never heard nobody shit on his ring. His accolades. I've never heard that shit until now. Like, when did Jason Kidd, Jason, they, the Dallas Mavericks wouldn't have won that ring if Jason Kidd wasn't on that team. Like, I remember this shit. Like, he wasn't the star. It was Dirt. He wasn't, it was Dirt. Then it was JJ Barrera, who was the second most important nigga, because he came in lighting them uh, the heat ass up. Jason Terry was out there doing his thing. Karan, Karan Butler got hurt, I believe. He was hurt. He didn't play. But Jason Kidd was hella important. Tyson Chandler was hella important. So it's like now, when, it's like when motherfuckers got that, that, recency, that recency bias, and, and as time goes on, man, motherfuckers will tell you how they truly feel about you. Because if I'm Jason Kidd, fam, like, well, God, what the fuck did he, we, what the fuck did I do? If I'm Jason Kidd, I'm like, what the fuck did I do? So where now, all of a sudden, we 10 years later, my ring don't mean shit. Like, my, my ring didn't do shit for my legacy. That's that's some wild ass shit. <laughs> Real shit, man. Um, also, man, Isaiah Thomas. Shout out to Isaiah Thomas. He dropped 81 points in a uh, Pro-Am game. Um, I, I, right after dropping 60 points in the Pro-Am game. Um, he, on this, he, he on this comeback tour. He's trying to get back into the league. I seen some reports that the Lakers were trying to uh, look into signing him. I wouldn't like that signing just because he's too small, fam. Like, at this point in time, Go get Avery Bradley, bro. I'd rather them go get Avery Bradley than go get Isaiah Thomas. Be honest with you. If Isaiah Thomas is Isaiah Thomas, the nigga that was in, you know, the uh, MVP candidate, the nigga could be a steal because he's gonna sign a vet minimum bill. He's not gonna sign a big lucrative ass contract. But I just don't want to risk that. You know what I mean? I hope he gets picked up. You know, they said the Celtics might sign him back. Well, excuse me, for a Celtics reunion. Um, that'd be pretty cool, but I just don't think that I don't think the Lakers should really do it. But they are talking about that. There are some talks about Lakers maybe picking up Isaiah Thomas. He looked good as fuck. You know what I'm saying? His face got back skinny. You know what I mean? That was a big thing I talked about on past episodes. But when short niggas' face gets skinny, bro, I mean, when short niggas' faces start to get the fat, that's when they out there prime. And his face is, he, he back skinny, bro. <laughs> like, his face is back skinny. He looked good. Like, he don't got the quagmire going on. So, he out there looking good. Yeah, he say 100%. He just dropped 81, like I said. I saw the highlights. The nigga looked damn good to me. Uh, but the Pro-Am and the NBA is two different things, man. That Pro-Am game compared to that NBA game, two different things, man. That's different type of pressure on the body. That's, that's 82 games in the season, and that's against the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? So I hope he gets into the league, but I'm not expecting him to go crazy when he gets to the league. I'm expecting him to get in, you know, some marginal minutes at, at, at best, 
you know, just to start off at least, and then to work his way up from there. But it is good to see that Isaiah Thomas is looking like Isaiah Thomas in a way again. You know what I'm saying? At the, it's just certain niggas and in, in, you come across in sports that you fuck with them on a personal level. You know what I'm saying? They, and I never felt like that until, um, you know, the, the, the tragedy that he had to endure with his sister passing away. Um, before that, you always kind of fuck with him because he was short. You know, he was he's a shorter, he's the shortest nigga in the league going crazy. So you always kind of fuck with the little nigga. You know what I'm saying? You always do. But once he had that tragedy go down, that's when you, I started to really just see the, the lion heart in him, see the dog in him, and, and see that certain 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 things is built different. And that's the one thing that I, that I leaned on when the whole um, Shakari Richardson shit came out. Like, everybody was talking about how she lost her mom and she resorted to the weed and light and shit like that. And like I said, I sent my condolences to her family and to her because I didn't know she found out from a reporter her mom had died. That's fucked up. That's some fucked up shit. But I always say, man, when you when you a professional athlete, we've seen too many cases like the Isaiah Thomas situation to where, you know what I'm saying? Like, niggas, niggas lose family members. Niggas, niggas lose their close ones to them. And they go out there and, and, and channel channel all that energy into, into their performance. They dedicate their performance to that person. They dedicate that season to that person. We've seen the Jordan uh, wearing a chip. We've seen him crying for his pops and shit like that. We've seen this stuff over and over and over again. So that's why when it came to Shakari Richardson, I wasn't mad that she was kicked out the Olympics. Is the rules some bullshit? Yeah, the rules some bullshit. But the rules is the rules, fam. You show empathy and sympathy for her losing her her parent, and then you move on. You got to get ready for 2024 at this point. Like, the rules is the rules. You chose to lose, to miss the Olympics once you sparked that blunt. That's just that's just, that's just the real. That's as real as I can be with you. Now, is it fucked up? Yeah, it's fucked up, but I'm not going to feel bad for you once you start getting high because you knew the rule. You knew what the fuck he was risking. So, well, that, that's why when I think about Isaiah Thomas, I instantly think about that, and it's just – you, you, you gain more respect, you know what I'm saying? Not saying that you respect Shikari any less or anything like that, but it's only a positive, it's only a plus at this point. Once motherfuckers know what you out there battling, what you're enduring, and what you're going through, and you still able to perform at a high level. It's it's only a positive, and we, and we all know that shit. Um, moving on, last, last one before I wrap this podcast up, man. Last one, man. I, you know, I came on her last week and I talked about how happy I was that Rob Polinka got rid of Kyle Kuzma, fam. I've been happy as fuck ever since. <laughs> I've been sleeping better. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing my push-ups. <laughs> All that shit. Um, Kuzma came out, um, was it the undefeated or uninter- un- uninterrupted, undefeated? One of them niggas. No, no, man. Uh, he, he had wrote a letter to Lakers fans. I... I I found myself reading it, the first paragraph of that shit, man. I had to stop. I'm like, well, what the fuck am I doing? This is Kyle Kuzma. The simple, the, the the simple fact that Kyle Kuzma wrote a letter to Lakers fans, fam. It just it, it's just certain niggas that really grind my gears, dog. Like you don't, you don't, you you want he want them niggas, bro. When he exit and he leaving the room. He, you don't need to get nobody attention. You need to say pieces and buy. You need to say your buys and shit when niggas is having conversation, when niggas ain't really paying attention to you. Don't write me no motherfucking letter talking about 
yeah, the good times you had with us. Don't nobody give a fuck about Kyle Kuzma good times. Because they weren't good times for us, motherfucker. Every good moment Kyle Kuzma talked about, I hate it. <laughs> I hated them motherfucking moments, man. Real shit. I ain't, I, I'm being honest with you, motherfucker. I hated that shit. He get to talking about when he first got drafted by the Lakers. First thing he thought of, I got to meet Kobe. Look, I'm not saying I wouldn't have thought the same thing. But if I'm a second-round draft pick, that's not the first thing on my mind, bro. I'm being honest with you. The first thing on my mind, being an avid Kobe fan, uh, an avid Laker, purple and gold, bleed, uh, bleeding purple and gold, avid Laker fan all, all my life, a nigga that knows Kobe, I'm not. I'm, I'm showing up to Kobe when I didn't put in some work. I'm putting in my work and, and having Kobe come talk to me. I'm not calling niggas as soon as I get drafted saying I got to meet Kobe. That's what Kuzma did. Kuzma's a man. Look, I <laughs> like dog. That shit. It really reading that shit pissed me off, man. Because it, it it's that told me everything. That that alone says everything about Kyle Kuzma, a nigga that just think he just way bigger than what he truly fucking is, and that's why it never worked out. If Kuzma just just was a, had his hard hat. And just came to work, did his thing. Niggas would be a okay with Kyle Kuzma. Niggas love Luke Walton more than they love Kyle Kuzma. Think about that shit. Think think about that. Niggas love Luke Walton's stint with the Lakers more than they love Kyle Kuzma's stint with the Lakers. That says a fucking lot. <laughs> like that says a lot because Luke just came to work and did his thing. Kyle Kuzma got to wear all the fancy ass clothes, try and get all the attention. He got to take dumbass shots. He got to be stupid as fuck on the court. He got to want to meet Kobe. Like, it's just it's just a lot of annoying shit attached with Kyle Kuzma. But I am just so, so happy that he's not on my team, on the Lakers team no more. I don't have to see this nigga play basketball no more. I don't have to see shit. Like, I am really so happy. It's going to be a rude awakening for that nigga once he realizes he's in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? He's in Washington. He's in Washington, and he's not going to be able to fuck nine of them bitches. And he was fucking when he was on the Lakers. <laughs> it's going to be a rude motherfucking awakening, bro. And if it happened to Blake Griffin, I know it's going to happen to Kyle Kuzma. As soon as Kyle, uh, Blake Griffin got traded to Detroit, that's when you start seeing Kendall Jenner fucking with Devin Booker. <laughs> that's when you start seeing her fucking with Ben Simmons and shit. Hell, she even fuck with Kyle Kuzma after that. It's going to be a rude motherfucking awakening for Kyle Kuzma when he realized that life is totally different when he's not going to be on the Lakers, fam. Because that nigga, man, I just, bro, that shit, man. It's just certain niggas I just don't like, dog. Like, niggas know I don't like Kevin Durant. But it's it, Kuzma is a, is, is a close second, dog. Because it's just certain niggas that just that just do, do, the, do the most. Just do the most, and they just they they performance and production don't match it, and it, that that shit really pisses me off, bro. I'm be I'm be honest, man. Kuzma, one of them niggas. If I saw in real life, I fuck around have to put hands on him just to say I did it, <laughs> just to say I did it, that shit, man. <laughs> real shit. But uh, shit, man. That's all I got for you guys this week, man. It's a little light, fun episode this week, man. Wasn't really much that shit shit happened this uh this past week. But I want to come over here this weekend and just chop it up with the people, man, the friends of the show. 
Uh, I want to say shout out to everybody supporting the podcast on all platforms. Google Podcasts, Audio, Matt, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you watch us on YouTube at the uh, Until FN YouTube channel, subscribe, ring that bell. Uh, leave a comment. Fuck with the kid, man. I appreciate everybody, man. Let's keep building this empire brick by brick. Um, and like I said, man, you know I keep it, give it up every motherfucking week, dog. It's all love these ways. Never let them sidetrack you with the bullshit. Always keep the main thing the main thing. Stay safe. Stay sharp. Stay sane. And I'll holler at y'all next week, man. I'm out this motherfucker. Peace. <laughs> that nigga cool is my dog. <laughs> Real shit, man. That nigga's a whole bitch in these.